discover Star Trek Discovery with us as we recap and critique the episodes with a little sass and humor. Okay, maybe a lot of sass and laughter. Ready to laugh with us? Hello and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode seven of season three called Unification 3. This episode is all about Michael dealing with the fallout of her action from the previous episode, about her not listening to Rue and not taking orders from those above. And now she needs to figure out where she still fits within the Federation. And she also needs to sort of prove that she was right from last episode with the information about the burn. So this episode, we get to learn a little bit about what caused it and a little bit more about her past. Are you excited to dive in? I am. Okay, so let's get started. What is your initial reaction? Oh, I like this episode mainly because Mike was put in check and I like that because I think sometimes Mike would get away with things and sometimes people are very soft and gentle around her. So it's good that she had this reality check. What did you think about this episode? I, two snaps and claps for that. She definitely needed to be put in check. She actually needed real real consequences to her actions and I like that she faced it head on and didn't try and wiggle her way out of it because at the end of the day this time she was actually wrong like all the other times you could sort of try to find reasons why you know she was like oh well technically that wasn't her fault it would have happened anyway but this time she really did go behind their back she she could have taken it could have ruined their stance in front of starfleet so i'm really happy that she actually had some um repercussions to her actions yes so we are going to talk a little bit oh did you want to say something no i'm excited because one of my favorite characters is back (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) so this episode starts off with um michael sort of going through the burn well first of all i'm sorry it does start off with something else starts off with a little loving between the two characters (laughs) what did you think of the opening opening scene between the two lovebirds well it's nice to know that uh michael's able to move forward from her past relationships with ash and so to possibly a more healthier relationship someone that seems like I don't know a whole one whole person and um (laughs) and um they have grown a lot and he seems to be able to share his um his emotions and so that's I I really like book so I hope he stays around I hope nothing happens to him I I think this is lovely it's a little weird because he doesn't really have a role on the ship but I like the opening scene. What about you? I liked it as well, but it's also weird because like going off of the fact that yes, he does not have a role on the ship. I think because I think he was thinking they were going to leave together. Yeah. And so like, he it's like his way of saying, Hey, I'm literally only here for you. Like, when are we going? And she's like, I can't leave. And for him, it's almost like, but you can Right. Like you, um, and this, she sort of like alludes to the fact that she doesn't really know exactly where her, her place is, but she can't really go anywhere because she still feels like she belongs there, even though she doesn't know exactly where she fits. Um, I personally would have been like, go with him because you need a break because you're tiring me out because you're tiring everyone out because 
you keep putting your issues as the main issues for everyone else. And because you deem it important, it is the most important thing. And I don't like the single focus. I'm, I'm ready for the writers to move this season or this show away from arcs, from a season arcs to where it's one focal point, one person's driving the entire storyline and I'm getting tired of it because they're making her into a Mary Sue at a certain point. And it's just like, I need, I need more. I need something different. Um, I didn't like that. We saw more of Tilly this episode. We see that Tilly is going to be getting a possible promotion. Yeah. If she accepts it to first Lieutenant, which is great. Um, and she definitely feels a little bit of, um, overwhelmed with that decision because she is the least, senior senior person on the ship and literally all of her friends outrank her and now she's about to outrank them if she takes the job um I think she'd be great for the job I think her standing up to Saru last episode proved that she was right for the job because she didn't let her friendship dictate what Saru needed to do and I think that spoke to him um great volumes Oh, yes. I think that she'll she'll always speak honestly to him. Um, and even thinking back to like the second episode of the season when they went to the saloon uh, together to try to get, I think, a communication device picture, yeah. uh, correct, corrected. Uh, the two of them has definitely bonded over the years, but he's been mentoring her and he feels very comfortable and I was thinking who else would it be like it's it's kind of uh there's a few other people on the bridge but maybe he doesn't he hasn't connected as much to them and Paul needs to stay in engineering Mm -hmm. um so that's nowhere near to be seen so you know (laughs) can't be Giorgio (laughs) oh no (laughs) she'll kill him in his sleep like I'm the captain now right right not Michael she was just demoted so um the only other thing that I could think of for that was that maybe it could have been a good alliance with the exist the, the new federation as we know it if someone in the the current time from the federation join on board to help them with the transition in that like number one role uh to just help them as as um these voyages and these missions and I don't know, new pirates come or like, I don't know, interfere with their next set of missions. That's actually a really good point because we got, we lost uh, um, security officer Nan Nan, um, last episode. So this would have been a great way to bring in another character and also again, bring in someone who is actively aware of what's going on in the present. Um, and is not dealing with compiling all that information at one time in their heads. So that's actually a good point. It definitely would have been a spot to bring someone in from the future or their present now um, onto the ship. And we could have got a new character who could have brought a new way of thinking to the ship. And it would have been great because they're not emotionally attached to anyone yet. So we would get to see how they would respond to um how discovery responds to action so it would be great to see how they would be like oh that's a different way of thinking and at the same time impart that same difference to discovery so 
Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. Because like let's face it, even like the names of the planets have changed a lot, mm-hmm. not just the technology part, but everything is different. And they still don't have a security chief. Yeah. So um I'm glad that Saru has faith in Tilly. Tilly just also needs to have faith in herself. Yes, she does. Cause she's awesome. But she'll yeah. get there hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we see that Michael was correct that the burn did happen at different times even though it was like minuscule seconds like literally point like zero 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 something minuscule seconds apart but it showed that it wasn't something that happened all at once um and so Vance lets them know um that they could basically go to Vulcan which is not Vulcan it is now called Navarre because the Vulcans and the Romulans have now are now coexist on the planet. And so they changed the name because both it was like they forgot they were part of the same like species and like they were just diff- basically different parts of the uh, they were cousins basically genetically they're like cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all because of Spock. Yeah, that Spock was the one who like really fought to get the Romulans and the Vulcans together, and so they changed their names to um to appreciate that. And we also see that the Vulcans are no longer a part of Starfleet. Um, and here's one of the things about Michael that like I don't like how the writers write her anymore right now because she's like the Vulcans would never do that. How would you know? It has been 930 years. You cannot say how someone's going to react when you don't even know them. And so it's like, stop writing her like this. Stop writing her to be like, she knows everything. She doesn't. Stop making her a Mary Sue. Because when she meets the Vulcans, she is in a for a surprise about how they treat her and how they talk about things that she was like, oh, that's not right. How, how do you know? You're not, you haven't been around for 930 years, 31 years now. <laughs> like, stop. I wish they would just stop writing her as this arc of I'm the moral compass. Right. <clears throat> and I felt like with that, I was like, honey, you haven't been here forever. You don't know how the Vulcans are going to react. And the only reason Vance says yes is because she's Spock's sister even though it's been 930 years whatever right but they meet the president or the leader of of navarre and even and she's nothing like michael expected she shut michael down like that what did you think of that whole scene well first of all i want to say that it's interesting how and i like this how spock's legacy has lasted such a long time right Mm -hmm. so Spock went on and did an amazing job as also an ambassador representing uh, Starfleet. Like, but Michael's legacy is not cemented. Like, not um, I don't know. She doesn't have as big of a name and a prestige. Like her, even though she sacrificed so much, um, she's just not as well known. And I think it's also because of her decisions and the way this all happened. Um, but still, she's like overshadowed by her her brother, which leads us into this other opportunity. Because I was hoping that Mike would have to pull herself up by her bootstraps and 
be known for her own individuality and not this whole like um adopted daughter of an ambassador and all this this all this legacy stuff but vance looped her in <laughs> even though saru demoted her and given her this big opportunity to help conduct this this research that i'm not quite sure vance is as, as vested in i think he just wants to move on from the burn i don't think he wants to really research this as much because he's worried about now in the future not as much about the past but um he's just entertaining this i feel like at first and um lets them go on this mission i also want to mention that i really like the reflection back to spock yeah to the um i guess there was like a log that we saw video footage of spock and i i, I really like that it was just short enough that it wasn't it, it it was just classy. It was just nice. And um, I thought that also showed a paid homage to the whole series um, and the and Star Trek universe. Um, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It's it was <laughs> it was a really beautiful like way to include him into the future without actually really including him. So right, which can be kind of weird when these characters return, even though you know that it's they should have passed on by then. So it was mm -hmm. a nice reflection um, on that. So, um, but back to what you were saying, I like the, the president of Navarre. I think that she was direct to the point and she was actually told Saru that if um, they didn't leave, that she was going to help escort them away. Like she was, <laughs> she was firm. She didn't like entertain them like, tell them to join her on the planet of Navarre and we'll have pageantry and stuff like No, it was none of that. <laughs> so. She's like, deuces, y'all can go. Right. Just, just right. like y'all jumped here, y'all can jump away. Right, we're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, I respect that and I like to see like a strong female leader in that role. So I, I thought that that was, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was great. And it was also great because um, it was nice to see another planet react like Earth, first of all. <laughs> right. Um, but also understand that they reacted the way that they did because they believe that they were the they were responsible for the burn right. because of something called SB19. And Michael is very fervent that they are not responsible for it um, because it all didn't happen at once. And um, that's the one of the reasons why they cut themselves off from Starfleet is because they felt like Starfleet didn't listen to them um, when they had voiced, hey, this is something's wrong. We shouldn't use this. This isn't going to work. Um, and Starfleet went ahead and said, no, we're doing it. Because at that point, Starfleet knew that lithium was running out and they needed another way to be able to jump. Which, in my mind, I don't understand why they didn't put more money into the spore drive. You knew it worked. There was nothing. Like, you couldn't find another um, another Targrave thing, uh, Ripper. And not not to abuse him, not to abuse right, him, right, but right. to, like, get the DNA and did what Stamus did. Like, y'all couldn't think of another way of doing that? I think that was still top secret. I'm not quite sure that was, a, that information was available. I think that that was part of the whole secrecy 
at the end of the second season. I could be wrong though. <laughs> no, because you, the, yeah, you, yeah, never mind. I'm wrong. You're correct. You're correct. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want other, I, I think they didn't want other societies to try to do that. True. It's like we can have it because we trust ourselves, but we don't trust anyone else. Right. Um, and so Michael has to invoke a uh, a clause from when she was at the science academy, when it was still the Vulcan Science Academy, basically um, bringing in a, um, a tribunal of three different people to like judge her scientific work. And here's the thing again about Michael that annoys me is that she they have her jump head first in unprepared. Because she's like, oh, well, it worked like that when I was when I was there. So it's exactly the same thing now. And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's fine for you to come back. I would have, I, I would have left, did some research, made sure all your facts were jumped or were, were correct as like I'm trying to understand what this tribunal is gonna be like because you don't know, you didn't even know that Vulcan wasn't Vulcan. So how can you assume that the rules will be the same just because they have the same name? You yeah, know, you would think with a year head start that she would know that this is completely different, but she's still acting the same. I don't understand. I don't understand I, why she still thinks that she's in that she that everything that happened in her time, like nine hundred and thirty eight years ago, is is the um, most recent. It's still relevant had. now. Like yes, <laughs> yes. Like move on, girl. <laughs> And I don't get why the writers are like, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to humble her, but they're humbling her in, I feel like, the a bratty way versus a humble way. Like, the, there are other people who can be humbled in a more easy, humbling way. And with her, it's like they're trying to, like, break her. I feel like it's like how the writers are just writing her to, like, be this super strong strong-willed woman who's never wrong but is wrong a lot like please 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 I'm not asking them to write her as a pushover but I am asking them to allow her to make smart decisions and not emotional ones because every time she makes an emotional decision it's wrong and she ends up or makes a logical decision based off of emotions it never works out I need it to be I need her to think straight and they never let her do that and the president warns her that this is not what you remember. Like they almost as in like, basically they have their mind made up before they even got here. They're just here because they have to be here. Um, but that she gets an advocate on her side. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be super honest. When the advocate arrived before the, uh, the person showed their face, I honestly assumed it was going to be like a descendant of Spock like and then randomly was going to be named Michael because like it was named after her uh, like I thought it was going to be like a descendant of Spock that's what I thought this was about to be right but because it was the president said it would be someone that like you know someone that has an affinity for you or something like that so yeah and so I in my mind I was thinking oh it's gonna be like Spock's great 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 granddaughter or something like oh that would be so cute and I'll let you say who it was I know you you were way more excited than I was yes it's 
Michael's mom, Gabrielle. <laughs> and she had the veil on and her um, uniform reminded me of like a nun. Yes. I don't know if you were getting that vibe. It sounds like you were yes. getting vibes too. Right. And she's there to also help Michael become more truthful and honest in herself. And she's there as an advocate, but she's she's a really good advocate in this. <laughs> she's there as an advocate, but also to make sure Michael is telling the truth. Yes. And who better to do that than your mother? I will say I did scream. I when I saw it was her, I was like, what? Right. Mommy knows best. <laughs> but it was also a, um, it was also like a, oh, okay, you're alive. Okay, 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 okay. I mean, that's great. That's great. But okay. Um, I was very shocked by her arrival. Like very, like literally she was not on my radar of people who were going to show up. <laughs> well, once I realized it was her, I was thinking, oh, what a coincidence. Like yeah. of all the people in the universe, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's someone that's really uh, that has the best interests of Michael in in, uh, in mind. But wow, <laughs> the writers just looped her back. It was nice yeah. to see her because she never made it back to Terralesium, right. and instead she found herself um, on SF four, I think. That's, I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm so sorry. These words be killing me. And it helps Michael get closure because yes. she's been wondering for a little while now. We hear, we've heard like little conversations here and there that she's been wondering about um, her mother. But um, now we know. We know. And I'm excited. I'm happy for her in that moment. She was able to just be a daughter again. Um, but as we learn, as we all know, as daughters of mothers... They're on our side, but that does not mean we're going to like what they're going to have to say. <laughs> that does not mean we're always going to be friends and it's always going to be friendly. Sometimes it's like, okay, you can stop talking now. You don't know me that well. <laughs> so we're going to discuss all that happens at the tribunal and everything else when we come right back. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Trekkie and Beyond. Okay, guys, we are on the second half of this episode, and this is all about the tribunal and the mess that Michael got them all in. So the tribunal is made up of three people from Navarre. You have the Vulcan, the Romulan, and then the one that's half Vulcan, half Romulan. So to sort of showcase that they're taking everyone's um, thoughts into it. And then the way that it's sort of described is that you have the Romulan, which is like the elder that wants to better themselves. And then you have the Vulcan, who's like a Vulcan purist. And then you have the Romulan Vulcan who's trying to forge a new path. So it's to showcase all of the aspects of life on the planet. Um, and then Michael makes a observation that's very incorrect in my opinion. She thinks that, oh, because one of them is a Vulcan purist, I'm going to appeal to him because he must, he must be uh, stoked in logic. And I'm going to be honest, every time that I've heard anyone say Vulcan purist on any Star Trek show, it has never been about logic. It has never been about logic. It's not about skin color. It's about your ears. It's about your genes. It's about, are you a Vulcan? You're not? No. So go away. 
So I'm not understanding how one, a human who was raised on Vulcan would not think that. Like how, cause when I heard Vulcan purist, I did not think of logic. I thought of every single time throughout all of the Star Trek shows, even this show where we hear Vulcan purists or people who want Vulcan first, it's never about logic ever. It is about blood. And I just was like, are you being willfully ignorant right now? <laughs> because nothing in that sentence and those two words says, I'm thinking about logic. Right. Especially because she was picked on as a kid because <laughs> so it's, this isn't fitting. This is yeah. it. Yeah. Meshing well for me. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is not going to end well. And so that's what Michael does. She appeals to the, um, to the panel and I will say the tribunal, but I will say the Romulan, he was way more open to hear it because he wanted to understand and believe that it was not their fault that all those people died. Um, the half Romulan, half Vulcan, um, she was a little bit hesitant but still wanted to hear everything. And the Vulcan was like, I don't care what you have to say. I believe what I believe. You're wrong. It was our fault. We're leaving. And that just didn't make sense to me. I felt like they wrote him just to be an asshole. Because logically, even if you are a Vulcan purist, logically, if someone is coming to you and saying, hey, we have proof that you might not be responsible for something you think you're responsible for, can we have some evidence to discuss it, to like research it and to find out? And you say, no, we were responsible. That just does not bode well for like your PR. Like you have a chance of proving that you're innocent and, and but you wanted to be such a hard, hard ass that you just don't want to listen. That just, it just, that would seem like bad writing in my, in my, like there was not even a hint of well, give us the information and we'll search and we'll do it. Like I was expecting something like right, that from him. Right, right. Well, then give us the information and we'll do the research to find out if you're correct or not. But like to just shut it down and just to claim responsibility that may not be yours is not, there was no logic in that thinking. That was all pride. And I don't even understand where that pride came from. Right. I think if it was the reverse, if they caused the burn but michael had evidence to show that possibly they didn't i think or no i guess so i'm sorry everyone i'm thinking that if they if if michael could show that it was them who had that like it was them who did it versus right if the like, Vulcan I, I could see how they would not be they would not want to like i don't know entertain that show idea to the, right because that would be bad pr if michael yeah. showed that they actually did it but if michael have proof that they didn't i think why not welcome that or like work with michael but then they're also thinking that maybe the data was wrong like why would star really hold this for a long time but like i could see how over time there's new evidence that develops that happens all the time that's why we call them cold cases and stuff like that um I was just really surprised because it seemed like this is a culture that really likes research and science. So, and I felt like this episode was just an episode of making Michael humble, humble herself. I felt like this was another episode of break Michael because it wasn't logical for the guy to turn away evidence. 
it wasn't logical right. for him because the worst case scenario is that you still caused it but now you actually have proof of maybe what went wrong when it went wrong versus just assumptions because before you didn't actually have empirical proof that you did it you just thought okay because sb19 wasn't complete and we told starfleet that this wasn't going to work and then it didn't work it's our fault versus oh we actually had nothing to do with it right and you have the chance of finding out or you have a chance of finding out exactly what went wrong in the sb19 to fix it i don't know like it it just it was just so much it seemed like only positive there's only a positive outcome right. that could come from this for you guys right and to write him in a way that he wouldn't listen to logic was just really dumb um it was also interesting how they were both arguing about like what spock would or would not want and she's like he would have wanted this and they're like well spock stood for this and it was like neither of you really know the spock that did this you knew him at, you knew him when he was still in starfleet uh, uh michael right. and you he died before you were born so neither of you know the Spock who went through everything that got him to the point to be the ambassador to make this rules. The person who's closest is Michael, but even then she still doesn't know. Like there was decades that were between when she last saw him from when he initiated this integration of these two cultures. So we have no idea. Well, we, as in like right now through this TV show, have no idea what he went through. And... So neither of you really know what he was thinking, but Michael is right. She does say Spock, he loved, he did love Starfleet and he would have went back um, or he did stand for them. Even though he left, he didn't leave because he was angry. He left because he wanted to move on to do other things. Um, so it was just like, interesting. You need him. Like neither of you know the Spock really that went through what he went through. You just know, you know, um, Michael, you know, him from up until one really as a child and then like maybe y'all were good for like two months right and then you other guy you know from history books but neither of you knew ambassador spock right the only thing i can think of is maybe they're too proud to realize that they could have done more research about this than they did like they could have also tried to find these black boxes Mm -hmm. but just move on and Think of this as a learning opportunity because maybe there is an opportunity to travel more with the with their previous research. Yep. Um, and so then one of the parts of the tribunal is that the uh, Michael she needs to be completely and utterly honest with the tribunal, and Michael has a tendency of believing that she's owed information that she that she wants but doesn't have to give people information she doesn't want, and they need to stop writing her that way. They need to stop writing her as a contradiction. And her mother tells her about herself in front of the entire tribunal. She breaks Michael down to make her admit that she doesn't know if she still uh, belongs with Starfleet. Like she's very unsure about her place in the world, that she's very unsure in general, but like she is sure about this. She does know that finding the answer to the burn could heal everyone. Um, And at the end of that whole conversation, she ends up taking herself out of the tribunal. She ends up retracting her request and ending it, um, which in my opinion was dumb. Even though it wasn't going to look like it was going to work out in your favor, now you just sort of look weak in front of them. And you don't want to look, look weak in front of everyone after you almost had a little bit of a breakdown. I think it should have ended a different way, but neither here nor there. It worked out in the end, but we'll get to that part later. 
but what did you think of the whole scene of her mom being a parent <laughs> and calling her daughter out I like that a lot I um I wish she was like more of that like last season <laughs> but Michael was <laughs> um, and she was sort of kind of was but it was it was a quick moment and that Michael wanted a whole lot more from her mother than her what her mother could give to her at that time um but they had a, pro a private conversation like in outside of the tribunal. And so there was a discussion about where Michael thinks that she fits. Um, and I think that was hard for Saru and maybe some other people from um, Discovery to hear that were listening at the tribunal to hear that Michael didn't really feel as though she was part of their team anymore. I could see how that would feel. Um, that would be hurtful. Um, but her mother put her on point to like, to think about this and think about where you've, where she's come with this and where she wants to go. And if her heart's really in it or not, yeah. make a decision, just dive in or like step out. <laughs> um, but I can't imagine anyone else doing that. If it was an advocate that did not have a, such a connection to Michael, I don't think that that Michael would have come to this conclusion so quickly. I definitely agree. It had to be her mother. She was the only one who was going to be able to um, get her to answer. Um, but we see that it did work out all for the good because they were able to get the information. Um, the president of Navarre sort of appreciated Michael's honesty and openness and, and full belief that they need to find the um, the origin point points of the burn, um, and that like her, that that was her goal not to use SB nineteen for anything else but to research, um, and so they get it in the end anyway. So it's like okay, we sort of broke you, but at the same time, it worked out. <laughs> um, and we see later that her mom comes back to talk to Michael and I like the line that she says could have chosen a better time to do some parenting but it was something that needed to be said and I, I and it was something that needed to be said in front of other people because right. Michael like I said earlier has a tendency of believing she deserves information but not everyone about like whatever she wants like whatever like she is her current puzzle she deserves all the information about it but like she doesn't have to give people that what they need or what they're asking if she thinks is not re relevant, but for them, it's all relevant. Right. And I wish Nadar, the president of Nadar did not give Michael that data so quickly. Yeah. I wish Michael had to sit and think about this for a while. I wish there was like a, a heart, no, you're not getting this for a while. Let's do some other missions, build herself back up again. And then share the data it's just i felt like it's a little too soon <laughs> um but then we also see some this episode sort of ending on a good note we see that tilly does end up taking the first uh the promotion um after talking to uh, the cut throughout this episode which i'm saving to the end um we see that she spoke to stamets and she's uh sort of was trying to figure out should she do it and stamets is like well that would make you my boss yeah I love how he's phrased it though. Like, um, but then you would be in charge of me. What? Like, I love how he sort of played 
uh, played around with it to like, because you know Tilly, she freaks yeah. out about everything. And then I love how he sort of messed with her about it. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see Jet like, <laughs> kind of like some sort of sarcastic response to Tilly's big promotion um, to lighten the air. But the whole crew's in support of, of um, Tilly, including Michael. Yeah, arrived a little late, but was supportive as well. And then turned it all to her because she said she had the SB19 thing. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't feel like they wrote, they write Discovery to be a, a team mentality. They wrote this to be the Michael Burnham show, and we get stories of everyone else, mm-hmm. but like the main story is always Michael. And like, there's other parts about, with other people. And not to say that there aren't episodes where that needs to be important. I just wish, I just, I just wish and hoped and prayed that eventually we get to every episode being its own arc, beginning and end. Like, okay, maybe we might have an episode one, like part one in the beginning and then part two later. Like, but I would just really wish they would make, um, a better job at making this a team show and not just seeming like she's the only one that sort of matters. Right. I don't under, I don't like that every season there's this big crisis that she, she thinks that she's the only one that can solve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in this case, like the burn happened a long time ago. Um, focus on other things right now let's try to find the other ways in which starfleet can travel um so that they're not reliant on non-renewable energy like the lithium like there's lots of other things or how about the all of the um environmental work with book i just feel like there's a lot of other stories (laughs) that uh we can venture to and um i don't like this one i no go ahead um i do feel like though another character is developing a little bit more and that's saru i felt like saru and the president of of nadar like at the end uh, sorry navar uh had this really good dialogue about like an additional discussion about joining a federation and she admittedly said, well, it's going to take more than one visit for this, uh, yeah. for this conversation to start. But Saru was opening up the door. He was very diplomatic. I cannot imagine Michael hosting that conversation as captain. <laughs> so I'm glad that she's not uh, involved in that. But I also can't imagine Vance. He's too close to mm-hmm. the Federation to, uh, I think, welcome other people in um, that moved on, other um uh, civilizations that have moved on but um that could also uh like help Saru get into really good graces maybe with the Federation and maybe move up so I'm glad that he if he can help in these missions of helping to instill some diplomacy if he could be like a an ambassador as well I think that that's good for him and his character he's come a long way um 
so I was I I, I do know so from another show another podcast that I'm on we were talking about this character who was hard-headed and we couldn't really find anything that we liked about her um because they wrote her to be such a hard-headed person who could not see past her, her own wants and like whatever she was going through and I explained that they need to break her just like they do for any character who's so cocky you have to break the character down make them understand there's a different way of thinking have them grow and um come out on the other side as a more understanding character because only you don't go from cocky to understanding without a lot of bumps in the road you know um and so now I'm realizing I'm thinking right now like literally as we're thinking about this as we're talking about this um the I will say the Michael that we have now is not the Michael we had in season one right yeah she is not as cocky she is not as rash she is not as uh quick to do something like quick to disobey without understanding the consequences of like without having the whole like oh um I shouldn't be in trouble because I did the right I don't know what I did was wrong I did it for the right reasons like this Michael still does a lot of that but like she's not as fast to do it or she has a better understanding of how her actions are going to affect people she's open to accepting the punishments that come with her decisions um She's not all the way there yet, um, which is why, again, I'm happy that she's not captain because the way that the way that they're writing her, she's not going to make a good captain because she still can't see past her own obsessions. All right. Um, but she's getting better. But I feel like at this point, she should have learned already. <laughs> but neither here nor there. I can't speak for other people, other writers. I can just only speak for how I'm receiving it. And I just feel like they are trying to turn her in to a captain, but she's not there yet. And I feel like they keep throwing obstacles in her way that don't need to be there. I think at the last season, she should have been like the, the end of her learning journey. And it seems like we're just starting a whole nother one all over again. So hoping, here's the hoping that at, this is the last season of her having to do her learning journey and then <laughs> she won't keep being obsessed with one thing for the entire season and we can go back to uh, episode arcs versus season arcs because I will admit it does get a little bit tiring if you can't miss a single episode because if you miss an episode you have no idea what happened anymore it, it would be nice to have episode arcs yes and only episode arcs yeah we're in a whole new timeline there's a whole new yeah. like there could be so many more away missions and i want to learn more about book and this his, new world yeah it's backstory and what's up with the cat <laughs> with chris <laughs> i haven't seen a single pet ever in space and he has a cat like are we not going to talk about where he got the cat <laughs> i don't know and i'm worried about Giorgio. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much that can be focused on. Go ahead. I was just thinking because we know that Giorgio is like a has maternal instincts for my like she's she nurtures Michael a little, little bit. Mm -hmm. But she her character was missing in this episode. And I would have liked it if somehow I don't know if if 
Georgia was there in the very beginning to talk to, to Michael, or even if Gabrielle could meet Georgia a little bit more. I don't know. I just feel like it's an opportunity for, for two mothers to talk, <laughs> Michael. Didn't, didn't they meet last season when Michael was captured? Oh, you're right. I just remember also Georgia and Sarek chatting a bit about raising their different versions of Michael. Michael's. Right. So um, I was thinking about a similar scene, but they did meet in um, that Red Angel episode. <sighs> There's just a lot that happens in this episode that uh, I feel like didn't need to, but they're building a story. And what else can you just do but sit and watch? And I mean, I, I, I'm liking the storyline. I just sort of wish it wasn't like pulling teeth to get there. Right, yeah. I'm Maybe trying my best to focus on all the other really good characters and arcs that I, that I, I like and less about Michael. It's a shame I have to do that she, she, <laughs> she has the potential to be such an amazing, amazing, amazing character. They just need to take her head out of her butt. And like, let her understand, like, like, she's slowly, slowly, slowly starting to understand that she doesn't have to solve everything. But she's not 100% there yet. Like, I mean, as in like, by like, just like her by herself, like, it's her job. Like, no one gave you this job, you picked it up yourself. Like, no one's dying for these answers, but you so you cannot put right, you cannot put everyone onto the same like, we need to figure this out. No, you want to figure this out. Like, you can't expect everyone to be at consider everything that you think is important is as important as you want it to be right and now she also can't claim her abandonment issues like now you've reconnected with your mom all it seems like and you reconnected with spock and you have there's a lot of closure here so grow up (laughs) yes welcome to adulthood (laughs) yeah well, any last words before any last words thoughts before we sign off no I, that's it for me what about you for you nope that's it for me that's the end of our captain's log felt like saying that this time <laughs> so <laughs> as always i'm andrea i'm anika live long, long and prosper Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the most recent episode of our podcast, Trekking and Beyond. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. If you enjoyed listening to us, please go ahead and support us by clicking that support button in the episode's description. We greatly appreciate it. As always, live long and prosper.